Our very existence depends on this. This black strength. Strength that has carried us for decades, but is undermining an important aspect of our humanity and feeding in on itself. Being strong all the time took away our ability to speak about our weaknesses, our sadness, our mental illnesses. This silence is killing us. Welcome to another episode of the Black Doctor Speak podcast. Black Doctor Speak is your source for vetted, accurate information on African-American health from some of the nation's top doctors and is sponsored by the African-American Wellness Project. I'm Jason James, executive producer, and today we'll be featuring an interview done by our host, Dr. Michael Lenore, who is a physician, medical reporter, and a past president of the National Medical Association. Dr. Lenore will be speaking with Jamil Frazier, author, speaker, and CEO of Think Life is Different. And they'll be discussing health and wellness, finding your motivation. Let's go to that now. Today's topic is health and wellness. It was chosen for just these times. In addition to the struggles inherent in being black in this country, we have serious new problems to deal with. A pandemic infection killing us disproportionately, and an election which will change the fabric of this country. When America gets a cold, African Americans get pneumonia. So maintaining health and wellness becomes more important, but it's a struggle. To help us to overcome, we invited to our discussion Mr. Jamil Frazier. Who is he? Well, he's many things and successful. Author, motivational speaker, and personal development coach, having served over 50,000 clients. But his passion is helping you towards creating your own system of health and wellness. Welcome, Mr. Frazier, to our program. Thank you for taking the time. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, you see the term health and wellness thrown around so much. What does that mean to you? For me, it's changed over the years. I think when I first got into this industry, it was all about physical health, healthy weight management, healthy weight loss, healthy BMI, those sorts of things. And over the years, it's changed. I've started to realize that health and wellness is more than just having a healthy body, but it's what you're consuming, what you're eating, what you're watching, <laughs> what you're listening to, um, what you're earning the ability to have abundance and vitality. The way that I recommend it to the folks that I work with is oftentimes we'll start with their healthy body. So we'll look at where they are in their weight, what they're eating, how they're sleeping, their activity. Uh, Relaxation is a big part of safe environment. I used to start with the healthy body, and now I find myself starting more with the healthy mind. What are their relationships like? Do they have hope and do they have purpose? Uh, Are they connected with consciousness? Most people, their healthy bodies are affected because of things like stress. So we start to look at stress reduction. Uh, Their involvement in community, do they have purpose? And then, of course, and this is the big one that I was missing for many years, what are the healthy finances look like? So are they able to live in abundance or are they sort of just scraping by, living in and scarcity, do they have the the freedom that they want? Um, are they able to give back and be a service? Do they know how to have money management? So when I look at health and wellness these days, um, Dr. Moore, I, I really look at it as the whole person. Before, I would take these bits and pieces and sort of have it be this esoteric thing. And now I look at all aspects that live that work together for a person to have what I call uh, optimum experience. 
you know, this is especially timely now as people try to balance safety and economic survival. It's a real struggle. What impact have you seen the coronavirus have? <laughs> the coronavirus has really put people at a place to where they're not interacting. Um, they're not being able to have the same community. Uh, they're stressed out. They're not sure what tomorrow's going to look like. What is the hope? We talk about joy and fulfillment. As our, our mental states start to deteriorate, now that starts to seep into our physical aspects. Depression starts to sit in, start to eat a little bit more, uh, eating unhealthy, not having the proper nutrition. On top of that, you have millions of people's jobs that have been taken away. And so now we talk about the finances and where that plays a role and buy the proper foods, be able to get to go and have the proper workouts. So the coronavirus has really been an atomic bomb on a lot of different communities, especially as you talk about the black community. From reading your very compelling story, health and wellness was not always at the top of your list. Did you share a little bit of your journey with us? Yeah, I would love to. So <laughs> I, um, I grew up in Pasadena, California, to a single mother who, by all accounts, is one of the greatest women on earth. She's one of the women that um, she figured out how to put the world on her back and, and keep moving. One of the best things she ever did for my siblings and I was to move us about 11 miles east to where I I was able to have more opportunity. Once I got there, I set my sights on athletics. I did get that football scholarship and became preseason All-American and really worked to be the very best athlete that I could be. Um, upon graduating, got involved in pharmaceutical sales, working for one of the largest companies in Johnson & Johnson, became a top sales rep. But as I was out really trying to drum up business, entertaining a lot, eating and drinking became part of my daily lifestyle. I stopped working out as much because I was working more. On top of that, add a little family to the mix. And all of a sudden, this once fast, athletic guy turned into this flabby and unfit dad. And then I had um, a little bit of an, uh, an awakening. I fell into a two-year depression. And in that two-year depression, I gained about 40 pounds. Sleeping was terrible. I had no stress management. It was one of the most climactic things that happened to me, but as I look back, one of the best things has happened to me. And then I started a search. I started to search to see how I can start to feel better, how I can start to improve different aspects of my life. And then I found myself a health and wellness coach. And this woman, um, it's like a saint, really guided me step by step on how to start first improving um, what, what I started to feed myself with. What was that nutrition? How do I start to um, nurture my body back to health? And then she started helping me work on my healthy mind. I fell so in love with the process that I decided that this is what I want to give my life and people find um, wellness. And I started in that process. It drove me to wanted to dive even deeper into my own practice on how to create a healthy lifestyle all around, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, and then how to give that away. And so that's that's what I've been doing for the last eight years. It's been, a, I guess, a long journey, but a beautiful one. And one of the reasons we're doing this program at this time is because we're approaching the holiday season. And every year, 
during the holiday season, the average person gains five pounds. And we're hoping with your instruction and our suggestion that that might be avoided this time. One of the things I learned early on is there's, there's so many factors today that are difficult for the average person to learn how to overcome. I mean, and you know this part better than me, but we, we take the, the human genetics and the human biology. Um, that alone makes it difficult for us during today's landscape to um, really create the health that we want. Now we factor in uh, fast food. Then we factor in culture. Then we factor in busy lifestyles. Then we factor in poor habits. And so it's, it's, it's really difficult. And so you will see, especially now, many, many folks start to move towards bad habits. And these habits will not serve them. But we're in a culture to where we say, well, let me just enjoy myself right now. Let me, let me, I'll, I'll take a couple, couple months off. Let me just spend time, um, with, uh, feasting and with the holidays. And you know what? Come January 1st, I'll get back after it. I'll, I'll really get back on track and I'll start contending for my health. See, the, the big challenge is uh, motivation only lasts so long. You see them fired up in January, and then by March, they've completely lost steam. They go back to uh, poor decision-making and poor habits. So one of the things that I found to be helpful is um, Teaching people, instead of being motivated for a short amount of time, teaching them how to start to create the health that they want. How do they now start to create the, the, um, the futures um, that they really want to see? And how do we start to implement the habits so that they can start to do that? So to your point, <laughs> when most people get motivated, they um, they – uh, do too much. For example, January 1st will come, they're motivated to maybe lose some weight or get back in the gym, and, and that first day, uh, they will change absolutely everything, or they'll go to the gym and they'll try to lift the heaviest weight, and after a couple of days, they're burnt out. So one of the things that we do after we have them become very focused on what they actually want, what that looks like, and help them make a decision that that's something that they want to start contending for, is now making very, very small habits and making very small changes. We call them uh, micro habits that are going to now lead up to the macro habits. So, for example, instead of uh, saying, okay, tomorrow I want to lose some weight, let me uh, just kind of starve myself, what we'll say is it will start small. So start small and just start eating every couple hours. You know, if you if if we want to get some weight off, we don't say we'll go run, try to run three miles tomorrow. We say just take a just put your shoes next to your bed, and when you wake up, put your feet in shoes. And go. Yeah, that's a pretty small. That's a pretty small step. It's a pretty small step. <laughs> but that one small habit will lead to the next habit which is, you know, walking out the door and then walking down the block. And then eventually, as we start to seek success, it starts to pile on more. And so with these small habit changes, um, the goal is that it just becomes a lifestyle and that we're not just doing it for motivation's sake, but we're doing it because we really want a true change. 
You know, there are a lot of programs out there that deal with health and wellness, each one with a different philosophy. Can you describe some of the principles of your program? Sure. So the structure of our program is the patient or the client, anyone who's looking for better health and well-being in their life, uh, there's four components to what they can expect to have. The first component is every single patient or client is going to have their own free, dedicated health coach. So someone who's going to take them by the hands and really help them reach their goals. Um, and and the, having that component just makes it really easy. It makes it really simple. And the patient or the client doesn't have to try to figure out how to do X, Y, and Z. They just follow the lead of their coach who's going to be a loving guide for them. Obviously, obviously to be successful, there are a lot of mental adjustments that need to be made during your program. Talk to us about those. Yes. So, so the mental small steps that we'll really start to work with our clients are is just realizing the thoughts that they're even having. And what I mean by this is usually most of our clients are operating out of habitual subconscious thinking. So they don't even realize that they're doing it. For example, they walk in the kitchen, they turn the lights on, they open up the refrigerator, they grab something that's unhealthy, that's filled with sugar, or, or um, that's filled with high glycemic. They're not even, they don't even know how they got there. It's almost like if, if anyone's ever been driving a car, and you're going to work or to a destination, and then you just showed up at work, but you you don't even remember how you got there. You knew you were on the freeway, but you do it so habitually that you just show up. That's how most people are operating. And so one of the first things that we do is have them just simply stop and examine and realize what they're even thinking. And so mentally, the first step is just to to recognize that, wow, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why did I just open up the pantry door? Why did I reach in the refrigerator? Why did I reach for that candy? Where did that even come from? Am I, am I even hungry? Am I even thirsty? Is this even going to serve me? And so that's why the first step is to really help them in the system to get focused on what they want to create because now they can start to use the small mental habits that will teach them to do. Is this going to serve what I want to produce in the future? Is this going to serve me losing the weight? Is this going to serve me feeling good for today? Is this going to serve me with getting off the high blood pressure medications? Is this going to serve me with being able to play with my grandkids? Most people don't even know they have that ability. So that's the first mental habit. We just we just start to teach them how to stop, how to analyze, how to be conscious, how to become aware. And then we start to teach them how do you make the decision as to being able to challenge that. Is this something I really want to do? So if I find myself at 2 o'clock in the morning with a handful of wheat thins, uh, <laughs> I haven't made a real good decision, have I? Well, it depends on what your overall goals are. If your my overall goal, is, goal... My goal is to get a handful of wheat then. So, <laughs> no, but I understand what you're saying. I'd like you to go back and expand a bit on one of the things you said as part of your program, which is to provide a positive environment either through a coach or reinforcement from people who've been successful in the program. 
And during the holidays, it seems like uh, your attempt to make change is often met with resistance from people around you, probably because maybe they're threatened. I've always said that uh, some families shouldn't be together during the holidays. It just brings up old grips and gripes, uh, and it's not a positive environment. Could you expand on that? Environment is key, whether we're talking about a person's um, healthy, healthy mind, their healthy body, or their healthy finances. It has been studied at such a, uh, such a high capacity that we're most likely going to be and have the same habits as the people that were around. In fact, I remember studying this social psychologist, and they talked about something called um, vocal synchrony, meaning if I take you out of your environment right now and I put you into another environment, in a short amount of time, you will start to pick up even the speech patterns of that environment. Similarly so, we do the same thing in terms of how we think, our outlook on life, what our overall abundance is going to be, what we strive for in the future, all those things play a part. So if we're in an environment to where it is not conducive to our overall health and well-being, one of the first things that we teach is create a new environment. You have to now start to put yourself around people who are going to be on the same path and contending for the things that you want to. One of the members of, we have a full staff that works here, and one of the members is uh, is uh, Native American. I had a chance to go to uh, to the reservation, and there's no wonder why it's so difficult for members of that population to start to thrive. As I went through the reservation, I said, this is going to be tough because one of the hardest things to do to be successful in any area is to get rid of the unsuccessful people that are around you and really create and be part of a new environment. And it's difficult because you don't want to tell you don't want to tell mom, um, I'm gonna skip out on Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving uh dinner this week or this year. That's hard to do. Do you know what sort of backlash um will start to show up? Oh, oh oh so you don't want to join us. You got too good. Oh, so, oh you got too good for us now. And so that's why you have to surround yourself with people that are like-minded and are on the same path as you. And so that's one of the things that's so good about what we do is we give people that environment that's going to help champion them while we have while they have to learn how to orchestrate with the kryptonite uh, that's, that's currently in their lives. I think the other thing that uh, I think like, is clear from some of my reading is that um, is that you really have to uh, set your own set of standards. I mean, yes. you, can't, you can't let people know when I'm losing weight and have them be the judge of whether or not you're being successful. Uh, you got to feel like no one's judging you. You know, we've talked about, a bit about the structure of the program in terms of taking small steps, be, being realistic, uh, you know, getting your environment together. It's a mind-body program. Uh, you know, but you hear some of these very same components. How do you measure success? I used to measure success based off of if a client had reached their goal. Does that make sense? So if someone uh, came and they have been type 2 diabetic for 30 years, and they said, Jamil, I, I want to have uh, so much health and vitality to move off of these uh, diabetic medications or to move off of my high blood pressure pills or to lose 60 pounds. 
or to be able to bend down uh, with my grandchild and stand up and, and not have the pain, uh, debilitating pain in my knees. And I would say, okay. And at first, I thought that success meant that we reached those goals. Now that's not my definition of success anymore. My definition of success is when they leave from me or leave from us and they're doing anything better than what they did before finding us. And so I've learned that it's so difficult for um, for folks to to change that we find and we examine success in in um, in different ways now. How do we know the our program's been successful is I think you just look at the amount of people who are having complete transformation and and the credibility that it's gotten as well. Um, there's been over 30,000 physicians that's, that's recommended this program to their patients, um, which has been helpful. Um, multiple times, um, uh, our company and our program has been recommended for one of the uh, fastest growing companies um, in America. Um, and I think that just on an individual standpoint, you know, when I'm working with clients or patients, I measure their success by by very, very small metrics now. Before, I was looking for perfection. Now I'm looking for progress. Uh, you know, the next few weeks are going to be a very attention bill for everybody. The political climate is so toxic. Uh, any quick tips that you have for people who are already, like me, just kind of nervous? So I, I think the, the tips and encouragement I would give is, Maybe for the next couple of weeks and in, in, in the season of life, maybe maybe turn off the television and maybe turn off um, maybe take a step back from even social media, those things that are aiding and causing some of the stress and anxiety. And one of the tips that I would give is to break out a, a just a little card, a three by five card. And write down on there the things that you want to start getting better with and the things you want to start creating for your better health and well-being. And so when tomorrow you wake up, you already have that in front of you, and that will start to direct your days. Um, some other things that come to mind right away is try to wake up just a tad bit earlier and spend time and silence and gratitude. Um, that has been something that's really helped me visualizing the way that I want that day to go and the way I want that week to go and that month to go. I would certainly encourage people to start exercising and the earlier, the better within their day. Spend time reading um, personal development books, things that's going to enhance you and enhance your mindset. And I would definitely spend the next couple of weeks as we move into the new year journaling, really writing down the things that are coming to mind and the things you would like to see and create in your life. All good tips, all good tips. I always ask people, uh, someone like yourself who has decided um, years ago to give, your, uh, give yourself to a larger community by creating not just ideas in this whole health and fitness area, but uh, people need to read your bio and your profile. You have been successful in supporting people and advising people in a lot of different areas. What is the most satisfying thing about what you've chosen to do 
over the last few years. By far, it's is watching it, watching people's transformation, watching them start out at really a shell of themselves and become and blossom into these amazing, you know, butterflies, um, thinking that they couldn't do many things and then being able to and then finding months later, years later, that they can do whatever it is that they want to do. So that transformation process by far gives me the most fulfillment. Mr. Frazier, thank you so much for taking the time to discuss with us the principles of your program on health and wellness. These are trying times, and people do need some systems to cope. If they want to know more about your system, could you please give us a reference? Sure. They can go to www.thinklifeisdifferent.com. All right, www.thinklifeisdifferent.com. Thank you so much. Thank you to Dr. Lenore and to Jamil Frazier for joining us. And thanks to you all for listening. Before we go, I just want to take a moment to check in with you all. This last week, and more so these last few months, have been some of the craziest in our history. But last week, we showed that we have the power to make real change in the world around us. Now, I invite you to make a personal change. Black Doctor Speak has partnered with a health and wellness coach who will be offering a $50 discount to the first 10 listeners who sign up. You can find information and a link to sign up in the description for our show, as well as on our social media channels. We are at Black Doctor Speak on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and at Black Doc Speak on Twitter. We've reached a turning point in our country, and I hope that all of us can now start to focus on the path of healing, health, and happiness. Black Doctor Speak is a weekly podcast sponsored by the African American Wellness Project, the Markel Lenore Endowment, and the Dan Weinstein Family Fund. Continue the conversation with us on social media at Black Doctor Speak on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and at Black Doc Speak on Twitter. And if you enjoyed our show, please remember to hit the subscribe button so that new episodes are delivered directly to you every week, as well as rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, listening to our show is as simple as telling your Alexa, Siri, or Google to play the Black Doctor Speak podcast. Take care, everyone.